Oh, how the tables have turned in the last week in Calgary. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Lockdown Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and thank you so much for joining me. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. And I'm joined by my partner in crime, Nick Zararis. Nick, how you doing? I'm just tired like everybody else, but it's Wednesday. We're getting there. Yeah. I mean, I I think that the vibe is a little bit better for the most yeah, part than definitely. where we were last week. Definitely, definitely. That was a that was a good one. Genuine there's there's no caveats, there's no buts. If that's a good win. You're down multiple goals in a game, down early in that game, mm-hmm. and you found a way to come back. That that's a good win. That's something that lifts lifts everybody's spirits, whether you're on the team or just watching the game. Definitely. Would you say that this has been uh, three good games in a row from them, even though they did lose against Dallas? Yes, I I would definitely agree with that assessment. Dallas is a good, a genuinely Dallas is one mm-hmm. of the best teams in the league. They're very good. You play them to, I won't say a push, but close to a push. Okay, that's a good start. Even if you didn't win, you took something from that. You took your Thursday and Friday off. Then you went out there and you took care of business mm-hmm. Saturday. You took another couple days. You, you didn't get too high, and that's going to be something to gauge kind of how good the Flames actually can be is are they going to be a team that when things are going too well, they just no-show a game because they feel too confident? Yeah. Or are they a team which gets too low and – one death spiral sends it ends the season. And I, I'm inclined to say no on the latter half about getting mm-hmm. too low because there's a world where it, it already could have happened in all honesty. Right. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I'm hoping that that ship has sailed. And I feel like if things were going to be that bad, it would have just continued from six losses to seven to eight to 29, however many we get to it. I mean, it's good to see them playing good hockey. Hockey that we know that they are capable of playing and actually being able to score. No, absolutely. And that's why I think the the death spiral concept was, it sounded good Oh, what's wrong with the Flames, but they didn't play terrible in all six of those games. And They're too talented where if they want to put an effort, they're going to hang around in a lot of Mm -hmm. these games. And that's really, you can tell if and when a team is giving you all of their effort. The Sharks, for instance, the last couple of weeks, up until they beat the Flyers last night, they were not giving you a ton of effort in the games they conceded 10 goals against. The Flames, even in the games they've lost, have been in most of their games. Sure, you would like them to clean up the sloppy stuff because that's infuriating because... Well, I play men's league and I played hockey. How are they that? Ba- how are they making that mistake? And I understand that line of thinking. They, there is a world where that type of thought 
is reasonable. But to compare playing men's league or playing hockey growing up to the NHL is like comparing driving to the gas station to being a professional race car driver. Yes, they both involve cars, but that's about the extent of their similarities. They are making these mistakes. You have to trust that they identify that they are making mistakes. The coaching staff points them out and they will be corrected. That That's all you can do in the sports world from the outside looking in. Hope everything is being looked at, addressed, and if something continues to not be addressed, then you start to complain. You start to point it out until it gets corrected. And I think that they've done just that. I mean, sure, there have been bad giveaways and you know sloppy turnovers, but it hasn't been to the point where it's every time the puck is on their stick, which, I mean, it can't get much worse from there. You can only go up, so... I mean, I do think that they have seen an improvement in their game and they are tightening it up. And that's really all we've been asking for. And the positive repercussion of this is if they continue to win, that will build some confidence. And we've been talking a lot about how this is a fragile group coming off of last year where things went terribly wrong. There were definitely a few moments where guys had to have been thinking to themselves, oh, no, not again. And I know it's only been, you know, a month into the season, barely. That's a real possibility that lingers on you the whole year. Oh, no, not again. What are we going to do? But they've shown you something. They played a really good game against Nashville last night. And I, I know a lot of people will point out, well, how the, how are they behind? They outshot Nashville the whole way. You got to remember when a team goes up two, three goals, they really don't push a lot offensively. They are content to play defense. They are content to drop guys back and invite you to shoot from crappy areas. There's a reason teams come back from three and four goal deficits in the NHL. It's because the other team stops trying to score. It, they don't put a ton of effort into scoring, and it's about making the game as slow and uneventful as possible, which is where teams are able to find ways to come back. So, yeah, they did outshoot Nashville the entire game, but it they deserve credit because they are not the type of team that has the firepower to come back from multiple goal deficits. In all honesty, they don't have one guy who's going to skate through the neutral zone with control the puck, set up a play, convert a goal, and go right back at it. Or if they get a power play, they don't have a guy who's going to dance making plays through the center mm -hmm. of the ice and beat the goalie one-on-one. -on -one. They really have to work hard for their offense. And that just speaks to their, you know, their talent and, you know, kind of their resiliency because – I mean, this team very well easily could have just rolled over and died. They hundred percent. I wrote that know, down. Yeah, like they. What's the point? We're already playing from behind. We know how this story goes. Like, whatever. It's just one more loss. But they didn't. And sure, it's kind of giving them credit for doing the bare minimum. But I baby mean, steps. It right. You have to crawl before you can walk and. I believe it was Blake Coleman last night uh, in the post-game interview. He said, you know, we're we're finding that confidence again. And that is such a huge first step. Oh, absolutely. And it's hard to play well when you're not feeling good about your game. You hope that the wins start to trickle down and have that re that effect on everybody. That, mm -hmm. that includes Huberto, who we're going to talk about in a minute. Just even if you yourself are not playing particularly well, if the results are good for the team, you won't feel as much pressure to get right right away. And that gives you an opportunity to work through whatever's not working for you in your game. Yes, absolutely. And we are going to talk 
all about Jonathan Huberto and his experience being stapled to the bench last night during the third period, right after a quick word from our friends at eBay Motors. Uh, eBay Motors is the place to be to go when you need all your auto parts. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you are looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need at prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available for U.S. customers. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Jonathan Huberdo could score 50 goals. The Calgary Flames could hoist the Stanley Cup. And you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy Sports app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like McDavid, Dreisaitl, Ovechkin, Crosby, or McKinnon will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, and more in a given game. To win 100 times, uh, to win a 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Flames fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you will get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKDOWNNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Thank you everyone for sticking around and hanging out with us on today's episode of Locked on Flames. Make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. That was depressing last night watching a grown man with his head in his hands like that everybody's been sent to timeout at one point or another in their life yeah everybody has been sent to timeout and reflect on what they've done the flames have tried everything possible to find something to get huberto going mm-hmm. they played him with every other forward on the team at various points last year we all remember him playing with Kadri and Lucic and with Lindholm and with Manjapani and with Coleman. They have done everything feasible to mm-hmm. do anything from a hockey sense to get him going. And this is not an untalented hockey player. I know there's a lot of conjecture about, well, he played with this person in Florida. Florida did this to get the most out of him. Just regardless of that, and I do want to talk about that separately in a minute, but just purely talent-wise, The IQ, the hands, that alone, that does not go away. Sure, he might not have the confidence in his game to always make the right play the way he would if he was feeling better about his game, but the hockey skills are still there. This is not an untalented player. Yeah, absolutely. And I keep saying or seeing people say that, oh, you know, 
Like, where did that, where did all that talent go? How did this happen? Well, he said it last year. You don't forget how to learn or you don't forget how to play hockey after six months. You certainly don't forget after 18 months either. It just doesn't go away. And I just, we're as frustrated as we are. You can only imagine that it's like 10 times, if if not more, frustrating for him. That's why I felt really good about them winning that game last mm-hmm. night. Because if they would have lost, that would have been the story. And granted, this is still the biggest story coming away from last night's game. But at the very least, they won. He can take a deep breath, mm-hmm. worry about the next game, and doing whatever it takes to find his game. Because the key components of his game are his hands, his IQ. His skating is not incredible. His shot is not incredible. He is a facilitator. He is a playmaker. He makes the people around him better. Part of the issue and why he isn't as good, he's not putting up as many counting stats as he did in Florida, is they don't have somebody like a Sasha Barkov for him to run with. And that's not a disrespect to anybody on the Flames. Barkov's one of the 20, 25 best players in the entire league. The Flames don't have anybody in that tier of player. And when you're a playmaker and the other team knows you're not going to shoot, that's going to make their job easier because in the back of their mind, they're going to be playing the pass the entire time. And there's more stuff. I I reread what Jack Hahn wrote the day the Flames traded for him. I watched his video breakdown. There's just a lot of little things that I think are worth talking about. But at the very least, they won. That's the that's my takeaway. I know that's the spin zone, the person who has to do the show. But at the very least, I feel good about the fact that they won. And even if he is beating himself up over the fact that he got benched the last 10 minutes of the game, he's not the first star player to get benched. He won't be the last. Same thing happened to Goudreau in Columbus last week. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I was just going to say. I mean, Goudreau is easily the best player on Columbus, I would say. Um, and for him to be benched and his coach to basically go out and say, yeah, you know, we just, we wanted to roll with our better guys and Huska to do the same thing. We know that hockey is a copycat sport, but I didn't think we would ever see something like this in Calgary, especially with Huberto, but I don't know. I'm inclined to believe that this is, it's not he's going to turn a corner eventually and we're getting there. He has to find what his new role is. That's Mm -hmm. been the biggest issue is the way the flames play hockey is not conducive to what Huberto likes to do. The flames are a dump and chase grind, hard work, win the game with your, with your positioning, your physicality. Huberto is not a physical player. He's not a good four checker. He is a playmaker. He is a facilitator. So if your team is consistently dumping the puck into the zone, that means you're not playmaking. That means you have to go and get the puck. If you're not a good four checker, you're going to have a hard time getting the puck back. And those little things, those little components of the game, they don't seem that important for your best players. Nobody complains about Connor McDavid on the four check. Nobody complains about Austin Matthews on the four check. That's because they're able to do other things to make up for the lack of their ability to forecheck. They have great skating. They have great shots. Huberto doesn't have those. He needs to find what his role in this type of team is. 
He's never going to flirt with 100 points again as long as he lives. It's just, it's not doable. It's not the type of environment the Flames are in. The year he put up 110 points, the Panthers pretty much broke all of the statistical models, uh, all the underlying numbers, because they were creating chances at the highest rate ever because all of their games were track meets. They would go up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And in Florida, Barkov would do a lot of the legwork of skating the puck through the neutral zone, getting into the offensive zone because the defense has to respect Barkov. They're giving Huberto a reasonable amount of space to create plays. And it's just, it's a really different environment. And this is something we talk about a lot in other sports, but I do think it, it, it rings true in hockey as well. You can be a really talented player, but if you get dropped into an entirely different environment that doesn't account for what made you successful, it's not going to be reasonable to have the same expectations. I didn't think Huberto was going to be 190. <laughs> I thought he'd be a 70-point guy on a Flames team that was defense first. That is a reasonable goal. For somebody who makes $10.5 million a year, you should be putting up 65-plus points a season and not be a liability defensively. Will he get there? It's a matter of if they can find a way to get him over whatever it is. Because there are parts of his game that I do that are that are worth pointing out that he's doing this, he's doing that, where just mm -hmm. sometimes he'll receive a pass and you he receives a pass with his hands in a bad position where he has to pass. He he's not a threat to skate, he's not a threat to use his body. He only passes, and that takes away a dimension. It allows the defense to just play the pass. And there's more little things like that, but it, the biggest thing is he can't get frustrated because it's such a long season that even if he is frustrated, if you spend the next five months, I'm terrible, I'm moping, whatever, that will have a trickle-down effect on the rest of the team. I know a lot of people are starting to get tired of him saying, well, I need to be better, I, I expect better from myself, but what would you like him to say? Right. What what else is he supposed to say? I mean, I don't think that that's all he's saying. I think that's what he's saying to the media because, you know, there's a right and wrong answer when you're addressing the media. And everything you say is going to be picked apart regardless. Like, I, I don't know. It's There's body language experts in the NHL yeah. hockey Twitter community, too, apparently. And... You know, I just, I really do think that he, I'm sure that there is a sports psychologist. There was one when David Riddick was there. I'm sure they all talk and work with some sort of, you know, mental health coach in some capacity. So they don't go spiraling because it is very easy when, I mean, think about in your everyday life. When things start to go wrong at your job, at home, whatever the case may be, it is very easy to start catastrophizing. I mean, it's a little bit easier, a little bit nicer when you're making ten and a half million dollars. You don't have to worry about that. But like, there's still issues there. And to be able to, you know, kind of have this, I guess, like a blocker and to stop it, to help, you know, boost you back up. I, I don't know. I feel like we may see something there it'd probably help any little signs of life that's all i need and this is what i talk about a lot in regards to young players guys who are trying to establish themselves prove themselves i don't really care about the points as much as other people i know a lot of people will do the what points don't matter back the the straw man argument that's not what i'm saying in evaluating a player, there is so much that goes into so much 
more that goes into my opinion of a player than just the counting stats because the counting stats only tell you one thing. What I look for in a guy, especially one who's struggling, might be having confidence issues. How many times a game are they touching the puck? Are they in these scrums? Even if they're losing the scrums for loose pucks, are they in them? Are they making the other team work harder? Are they moving the puck when they have it? Or are they skating with it? Those are those little details. Those are a better descriptor of how a guy's playing than saying, oh, he has two points in his last nine. That doesn't tell me a whole lot. That tells me he assisted two goals or he scored a goal and set up one or whatever. It, there's so much more that goes into the game than the box score. And it's why, even though Kadri hadn't gotten on the score sheet in a while until last night, he was playing noticeably well. In sat a Saturday night game against Seattle, he was really good in the mm -hmm. game against Seattle, where even though he didn't find the net, he was noticeable. He was making an impact. So if Huberto is going to start building himself back up, that might mean taking a slice of humble pie and just forechecking aggressively, engaging on puck battles, and just being in the mix a little bit more. Oh, he just needs his little buddy, Jacob Pelletier, back. That, that would solve all of the problems. I It wouldn't, but it's okay. We can just live in delusion. Uh, coming up next, we are going to wrap up the show talking about the Flames' younger players and the success that they've seen so far with, uh, you know, deciding to call these younger guys up. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break here and talk to you about FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And it's super easy, uh, user-friendly, especially you get get paid instantly which is my favorite part and you can get in on the action as well visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the nfl season fanduel the official partner of the nfl thanks everyone for tuning into today's episode of lockdown flames and make sure you're following us on twitter at nick zararis and at jess belmosto i i'm thoroughly impressed from what we're seeing or what we have seen from uh, Connor Zari and uh, Nick DeSimone and Martin Pospisil. What, what are your takeaways? I'm just happy they're giving guys opportunities. That's always, that's always been my opinion when it comes to managing the bottom half of your lineup. Why would you rather play a guy you know is bad than a guy who might be bad? I would rather take the upside gamble than say, well, we just want low event hockey. When these guys are on the ice, we don't want anything to happen. That's fine. You can't do that an entire season. If you are if you have injuries and you need to fill a gap for a week, two weeks, and you want to play the 13th forward who's a 28-year-old AHL lifer, okay. I understand that for two weeks. But long term, you can get two things out of this. One, you have to find out if the guy is an NHL player or not. And number two, more often than not, they're not going to be particularly expensive. That's the other benefit of these young guys coming in and trickling in. It gives you a little more flexibility. And I know the Flames are up against the cap ceiling, but in an ideal world, 
they're going to get their books in a little more order. Some of these expiring guys won't be back next year. And more likely than not, even if the Flames do make the playoffs this year, you're probably a first, maybe a second round exit. You need to figure out long term. Okay, if we're going to keep bolstering with this expensive core, that means we need to trickle in cheap people, whether that's reclamation projects, guys like Sonny Milano, or that's young guys like Zari, Pospisil, etc. You need to find ways to give guys opportunities. That And it's just, frankly, it's – and this is going to sound funny coming from me, you know, the numbers, these stats guys, but I can at least project onto these young guys that, hey, I don't know what they are. Maybe they can be something. I know what Milan Lucic, Trevor Lewis, it's at this point in their careers are. There's no, there's no meat left on the bone to chew. There's nothing left to keep me going. At least playing these young guys, there's the possibility, hey, he gets on a good run here. Maybe he sticks. Maybe they have to reconfigure the lineup and he gives them a good problem to have that he's so good. You can't take him out. And that makes the rest of your lineup better because if he's forcing his way in, that's taking someone out and you're sliding other guys around and it's going to make your lineup deeper. Yeah. It's just, it's refreshing that they're giving young guys opportunities, especially because that's been the antithesis of what they've done in the recent past. Yeah. And I mean, I I wonder if, uh, Matthew Phillips leaving in free agency kind of, again, forced their hand to change things around because, I mean, obviously, like, they didn't have enough players to fill out the roster, but to be giving these younger guys kind of extended looks um, this early in the season, I-, I don't know if I've ever seen the Flames do this in the four seasons I've covered this team. Frankly, it's just not something NHL teams like to do. There is a philosophical mind block of young guys don't play in the bottom six. Young guys are top six only because they need as much ice time. They need power play. They need stuff to facilitate their ability to stay up. When you play a guy in the bottom six, especially if they don't kill penalties, they're only going to get 11, 12 minutes a game. And if you are young and developing, that's not a sufficient amount of ice time to play, which is part of why they opt for the low events whatever happens when they're out there guy will take it just don't concede even if you don't score as long as you don't concede that's fine i would rather play the upside it's good to see these guys getting opportunities sorry he's been noticeable he's had flashes he's he's somebody with lively legs which on a slow team is it's encouraging it's noticeable that they've got somebody who can kind of buzz around the net front get down low win some puck battles get in on the forecheck the little details matter and if they keep playing if he keeps playing well in particular, I think he's got a good chance of sticking. Pospisil, I know, is only really up because of injuries and the Manjapani suspension. But at the very least, I feel like Zari has earned himself a decent extended look. Like, at least till he has a bad game, I think he should stay in the lineup. Yeah, and I mean, it's important to remember that bad games are going to happen. I mean, of course. we see them happening with star players and I mean obviously no one's immune to it so it you know you're bound to hit that wall at some point and that's okay because there's there's tomorrow and there's other opportunities for you whether that is you know with the NHL club or back with the Wranglers and that's that's the beauty of development I'll steal a word. I'll steal a word from the MLMs on Instagram. Growth mindset. Okay, we need a growth mindset here, Calgary. We can't grow with thirty-five-year-olds. We can grow with guys in their early twenties. We need a growth mindset. It's let these young guys figure it out. Either they're bad, 
or they're NHL players. If they're NHL players, that's a good problem to have. If they're bad, then you can go and get the 34-year-old who's been in the AHL. Yeah. And, I mean, that that I think that does it for us today on uh, Lockdown Flames. And thank you all for hanging out with us uh, for the first month of the season. I hope that you are enjoying the show. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts and, of course, on YouTube as well. You can follow us on Twitter or X, whatever you're calling it, at Jess Belmosto and at Nick Zeraris. Our handles are on the screen. And uh, did Nick, do you have any parting words for us? I'm very excited to eat dinner. I'm very hungry. <laughs>